Hey everyone, I'm Gabrielle Triano and welcome to Living Revelations Podcast. We're here to help you find God real in everyday life. We will be talking about what it means to hear from God, how to have a relationship with Him, and how all of this helps you do life with the living God. I want to invite you to take life a step at a time closer to Christ with us. This is Finding God Real in Everyday Life. Hi everyone, I'm Gabrielle. Thanks for tuning in. So today I wanted to talk to you all about being chosen and handpicked by God. You know, I feel like one of the similarities that we all have between each of us is that we all want to belong to something. We all want to feel belonged. We all all want to feel loved. We all want to be chosen. Um, You know, I think back to my life and I see this aspect of wanting to be loved, wanting to be chosen, seeking for men's approval throughout different aspects of my life. Um, Even my career, like in my job, you know, there was a season where I was striving to get attention for my managers. I wanted to be handpicked. I want to be chosen. I want to be looked upon. Um, This can even apply to any of your careers. It can even apply to ministry. You know, you wanting to be looked upon by highly favored men, by anointed people. This even happened to me in my relationships. Whereas, you know, back then I would seek for relationships to seek for approval on myself, to be identified, um, to be identified even being seen as beautiful. There is a, there are times where I wouldn't feel beautiful if my boyfriend didn't say I was beautiful. Um, and this can really just apply to any aspects, and even with family, right, with family members wanting to be looked upon, wanting to be praised, and all of this stuff. And while it is a blessing to be able to have family and friends to love on us, we were not created to seek our validation from them. Like, our identity is not on them. And if you think about it, if your identity is based on people, we're not perfect. And so there are going to be days where you're going to feel down, where you're going to feel up, and your identity is going to be shaken. But when our identity is in the hands of a loving God, it can never be shaken. And God wants us, and he tells us throughout scripture that he has chosen us. He has handpicked us, despite what we've been through. And that's why he gave Jesus. That's why he sent Jesus, his son, his spotless son, to die on our behalf. So that when he sees us, he sees the son. Like God chose to send Jesus because he knew that we were born in sin. And he knew that sin separates us from God no matter what, because God is a holy God. But because he loved us so much, he sent Jesus to die on our behalf so that we could be with him, so that he could even use us as our vessels, as his messengers. In Isaiah 41, 9, God says, I took you from the ends of the earth. From its farthest corners, I called you. I said, you are my servant. I have chosen you and not rejected you. That verse is so beautiful. Like God has went out of all out of his way to the ends of the earth to take us. And he says he has not rejected us, but he has chosen us and called us his servants. He has called us to be able to serve him, to represent him, despite our past, despite our shame. And he wants us to realize that, you know, many times we try to be looked upon by men when we're already looked upon by our heavenly father, like the God of gods, the Lord of lords. He, his eyes are on us. You know, so many times we want to get attention from people. We try to look pretty and all these things and dressed up so that we could be the spotlight in front of men. When like God himself, his eyes are on us. Like he loves us. And when we can grasp this truth of how deep and great his love is for us, it takes off this whole striving for joy, this tension, this need of chasing after joy and identification and identity and attention, all these things. Like God created us to live in joy and we can't, we honestly can't love others until we know that we are loved by God. Because as long as we're chasing after love, 
we're not going to be able to give love to people because we're chasing after it. But when we're filled with his love, we're able to love others with God's love, with a genuine love that's not based on who we are. It's not based on how we look. It's not based on our track records, but simply Jesus in us. And as we abide in him and walk in him, he starts transforming us to walk in his way, to walk in righteousness and all these things. And I wanted to share with you um, a beautiful verse from Ephesians 1, 3, 1, 3 to 9. And it says, Blessed be the God, our Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will to praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. And it goes on to say that he has lavished us with insight, with wisdom, making us known to mysteries of his will, which is all set forth in Christ. And so Ephesians 1, it just talks about how Jesus planned this whole time. He predestined us to sonship to him. And it says that if we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior and that we love him, he calls us his children. And it's just so beautiful to see that if we can just really grasp that no matter what we've done, God can redeem us and he can actually use us to be the light of the world. Because the truth of the matter is, we can't be the light unless Jesus is in us. If anything, you know, the world is dark. In Matthew six or Matthew um, 5, it talks about it, how we are created to be the light of the world, a city and a hill that cannot be hidden to glorify Jesus. But to be able to be that light, to be that beacon, it's going to require Jesus to be in us, to abide in us. In John 15, it talks about that apart from Jesus, we can do nothing. And, you know, to share a little bit of my testimony, I grew up as a Christian. But for the longest time, I like I just knew I knew Jesus and who God was, but I never made him Lord over my life. I did what I wanted to do, and he was just a God that I knew was in heaven. And my goal was to get in heaven as long as I believed in him. But he was never Lord of my life. And so I lived in impurity. I was in relationships um, I just did, you know, I was living outside of God's will. And even though I knew God, I couldn't see the fruit of it. I didn't have the joy. I didn't have the love. But, you know, my junior year in college, God really, you know, hit me hard. And I was just stuck in a deep pit, very deep pit. And the Lord reminded me of the verse in John eight thirty two that says, Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And it was at that moment when I realized that only God's word can really set me free to walk in the freedom that he, that Christ died for us. Like he died for us to live in this freedom, to live in this joy, to know that we are chosen. Like he chose us. He wants to use us, but we have to accept it. God will not force himself in our lives. And the moment I turned my life around um, and really, truly walked in him and it wasn't a perfect path, but I went from glory to glory to glory. And now I can say that I can see the fruit of it. You know, like now I can actually be a blessing to people because of Jesus. It's not because of me. It's not because of even my own strength, but because I chose to abide in him. I chose to lay my life down and follow him, even though it was hard. I chose to take the steps of faith. I chose to renew my mind in God's truth, knowing that I am not rejected, but I am chosen. And I don't have to live in a place where I'm constantly seeking for men's approval because I'm already proved by the Lord. I am loved by him. And guys, whatever you've done, know that right at this moment, God already loves you, right? He died for us while we were yet sinners. He's not asking us to do righteous things and then he'll love us. He's going to love us even in our sin. But as he loves us and we truly repent from that place of love, we turn around and we walk like him and we become that light like him. 
And the beauty of it is when we truly know our identity in Christ, we no longer do things for approval of men, but instead we do things to glorify Jesus. And we have to understand that the more we glorify ourselves, the less Jesus becomes glorified. And he wants us, you know, we were created to glorify Jesus. And I really pray that you would understand just the love, right? Jeremiah 31, 3 says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. This verse right here, God is saying he has drawn us with his love. You know, sometimes we think that's us chasing after God, but it's God sending you the people right now to reach you. He's chasing after you. He's using people. He's using social media. He may be using his video to reach out to you. God is calling you. He's drawing you with his unfailing kindness. Unfailing means no matter what you've done, even though you fail today, even though you fail tomorrow, he sees our heart and he's calling us. And we would just, if we would just accept him and understand that he has a high calling for your life. You know, we are all chosen. He created us, right? In the beginning, Ephesians talks about it. We are created as his workmanship to do good works. He created us for a purpose. And the only way to live the most satisfying life is to do what we were created to do, which is to glorify Jesus. And I love the book of Hosea because God has been speaking that to me. In the book of Hosea, God asks a man, Hosea, to marry this promiscuous woman called Gomer. And the reason why he did that was because he wanted to show his love, his redeeming love, right? Even though in our, in our human eyes, Hosea wouldn't, Gomer wouldn't be worth, you know, to be with Hosea. But God is showing us, even though we're not worthy enough to be God's child, to be his, to be one with him, he still chooses to marry us. And that's powerful. If you think about it, right? Like when you want to marry someone, you typically want to marry someone who's equally yoked with you, um, who is as qualifying as you, you know, all these things. But God has given us this picture that although we are not worthy, he has still called us into marriage to redeem us. And um, if you read the book of Hosea, it talks about that. In Isaiah 54, um, 4 to 5, God says, Do not fear disgrace. You will not be humiliated. You will forget the shame of your youth and remember no more the reproach of your widowhood. For your maker is your husband. The Lord Almighty is his name. The Holy One of Israel, your Redeemer. It's so beautiful that God has chosen to marry us, to call us his child, to be one with us, to make us his home. And I want to encourage you right now. I don't know if you're striving to look for attention by people. Maybe you're feeling discouraged because no one in your job is looking at you right now. Maybe you're feeling discouraged because your family has left you. You feel forgotten. You feel rejected, right? Like David, we read in scripture, David was rejected by his family. None of his family thought he was worthy enough, but God ended up lifting him up and used the prophet Samuel to call David out. And many of you probably feel that way. Maybe you're in a place right now where you feel like no one's looking at you. You're, you're behind the scenes, you're covered. But I want to remind you that even though you may, be not see, you may not be seen by anyone, you are seen by your heavenly father. God loves you. He sees you. And he's calling you to rise up, to walk into his promises. And so I've started, um, I'm actually in the process of making a book called Love Letters to Jesus. And it's just basically, you know, prayers that I have written to him. Just out of the revelation of his love for me. And I wanted to read to you all one of them that I wrote. So let me just pull that up for you all. Okay. Jesus, you are my heart's pursuit. Whenever I am drawn to look to another, I thank you that you remind me that nothing in this world can fulfill me like you do. You've chosen me even when others have forgotten me. You've accepted me even when others have rejected me. You've handpicked me for a unique purpose, even though no one else sees purpose in me and my potential. 
You've loved me even when I wasn't worthy to be loved by others. There's no greater love than yours. You pursue me with burning love. You never stop looking at me. You never stop chasing after me. You never stop loving me. You are my heart's pursuit. And I pray that this this prayer right here, this letter to Jesus would be your prayer today. That you would realize that even though you feel forgotten, rejected, Jesus has not forgotten you. And he has not rejected you. And he's actually calling you right now to follow him, to pick up your cross, to take that step of faith, because he has so much for you. So I want to pray with you today before we close. Lord, I just thank you, God, for those who are tuning in right now and listening. God, you know where they're at right now, Lord. And I feel like those who are watching may be in a place where they're just in a pit. You know, they feel like there is just nothing. There's no hope for them. They can't see the other side. They can't even imagine being a hope to others. But God, I thank you, Lord, that you have called us up to a greatness, God. That you say, like, you know the plans that you have for us, plans to prosper us and to give us a hope and a future. Lord, I just pray that that truth would sink in that, and that you would just cast out the lies of the enemy. Because the enemy's job is to bring us down by discouragement, to keep rejection in our hearts, to keep putting in our minds that we're ugly, that we're, not worth, that we're worthless. But Lord, you, you have said that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. In fact, God, you've created us in your image. We are your beautiful creation. We are your masterpiece. Who could, who could say that the work of the best artist is bad? You are a creator. You are that magnificent artist, God. And we are your magnificent creation. And so, Lord, I just ask you, God, that you would just, just hone in this identity to those who are listening in right now. That they would understand how great, how deep, how wide your love is, God. That they wouldn't settle for less than your best. That, would they, they, that they would take the steps of faith to pursue you, Jesus. We thank you, God. In your name we pray. Amen. I pray that you're blessed with this, and I can't wait to see you in the next video. God bless you all. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast and were blessed. Check out our blogs at livingrevelations.com and follow Living Revelations on Facebook and Instagram. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with others if you've been blessed. See you all in the next podcast.